Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. And we're live. And we're back. Hello. We're back. Hello. So it's been it's been a while. Not really. It's not actually not longer than usual, but it always feels really long. It does. How how are you? How are you? While we were waiting. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty stressed as always. Uh, my allergies are really bad because you know it's slowly, you know, slowly spring. So slowly turn into spring. And every year I suffer, and every year I say I'm going to go to the doctor, and every year I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been doing that for like, uh, like eight years now. Isn't there so. like some over-the-counter uh, allergy medication you can get? Yeah, I do. I take it, and it works for a while, and then it wears off. Um, and I'm sure if I just go to a doctor and they do like a real test and they give me like the appropriate medication, that it would actually help. But I just like to put things off until, you know, it's uh, it's no longer possible. So that's that's my biggest flaw. No, I I feel that that's that's how I live. <laughs> it's a great way to live. Yeah, is uh, procrastinating. Um, th- the opposite of which is being proactive, which I always found to be like a very weird word. Uh, I don't know if you do. You remember like the the skincare products for like acne and whatnot? Proactive. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I I always thought like wow, that's such a weird word that it's the opposite of procrastinate and that they use it for skincare products. Uh, those used to be like all in the malls. Like, you could buy them from, like, vending machines, Uh, but no. No, I'm doing pretty good. The weather's pretty nice, except for my allergies. It's been raining a lot, and it's super windy. But hopefully, uh, we'll actually have some beautiful weather. But how are you? Um, I'm doing good. It's also insanely windy here, but it normally is. Uh... I think that's one of the reasons why Billings is ranked so high on, like, or at the top of, like, the depression scale, because it's always super windy here, and it sucks. But, uh, come about a week from today, it's supposed to be 63 degrees, which I can't wait for. Uh, other than that, I and I can't remember if I talked about this last week. I want to say I did, mm-hmm. so I have to give an update here, but... Uh, just in case people didn't know, I had surgery about uh, a week ago to get a inch by inch and a half cyst removed from my right wrist, and I just wanted to update everyone that uh, that that went well. I'm doing good. I get my splint off in and my sutures out in uh, six more days, and I cannot wait. Yeah, and I'm really glad uh, to hear that everything went well. Uh, what would be the best way to describe a cyst, though? So, it's like... It's like a zit or a pimple, but just all inside. Just like a mass of, like... You know, fat uh, and 
horrible and fluid. Yeah, just abs, you know, absolutely disgusting stuff. Um, I didn't actually get to see it. You know, people always post <laughs> online like, "Oh, I just had this removed. Look how gross it is." I was a little nervous going into it, and I forgot <laughs> to ask for a picture. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people like to like to post that, and um, and you said a, a stint. Is that correct? A, a splint. So instead, a splint. instead of having a hard cast, I'm yeah. I basically have something solid against the bottom of my arm, like three quarters of the way to my elbow, and then bandages wrapped all around that. Yeah, so that you can't you can't really move your arm or your your hand, can you? Um, I I have fingers. I can open and close things. Oh, okay. That's fine. Uh, I can't bend. Mm. Like I couldn't take like a like a basketball shot or something. <laughs> so how how often do you play basketball then well not in the last few years since i've needed the surgery <laughs> we'll see after this yeah hopefully hopefully uh that all heals up nicely uh but i didn't know that there's a correlation between windy weather and depression uh it's just a theory because it's 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 so windy here because it's like even if it's really cold and it's snowing, if you're bundled up, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But when the wind is also a factor, it just, like, pushes right through all your layers and it's it blows your hood off. Like, it, I hate it. I don't mind a peaceful, gentle snow. It could be zero degrees and as long as it's not blowing wind, it's not that bad. Yeah, that's true. But it's so... almost always blowing yeah, but I think Chicago has the title of the Windy City. Isn't that right? Our wind is more. I'm is pretty, it really? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I checked at one point. Someone should probably fact check me on this, but I'm okay. pretty sure I checked once, and Billings' wind is on average higher. <clears throat> yeah, so for, for those who don't know, it's... Uh, like, every city has its nickname. So I believe Chicago is uh, the Windy City. I think Detroit is Motor City. And I don't, I don't know. What, um, and Philadelphia, I think, is a city of brotherly love, because that's yep. the, the Greek, the Greek translation. Yeah. So B- Billings is the magic city. The magic city. There you go. I don't uh, know why, I, <laughs> but we are the magic city. Yeah. So, but so we're not going to talk about cities today. Um, although that would be a very interesting. Temp- yep. Tempting as it, it is. Yeah. Interesting topic. So we've received some feedback on our poll um, that we posted a couple weeks back. So we would like to thank everyone for their feedback. That's always very helpful. So if you ever have any time, please feel free to leave feedback on whatever platform you listen to our podcast on or leave feedback on the poll. Either way, we appreciate everything. Um, And the feedback that we received... I think it was about a week ago, was very interesting, um, and this person has suggested that we talk about reverse culture shock, which, uh, when I told Chris about it, he didn't really know what that was. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't think a lot of people know what that is. So, um, but you do know what culture shock is, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so if you go to, like, a new culture then it kind of shocks you that that it's so different. So I guess if you go to, I don't know, maybe China, it might be shocking to you that people use chopsticks 
um, more than like in the U.S., although I think that's very, fairly common knowledge. But reverse culture shock is when you live in another country for a very long time, and then you return to your home country. So in this case, me being in Germany for the past, oh, 12 years, um, when I went back to the U.S. for the very first time after being in Germany for about two months, because that was my first stay, um, I experienced a lot of shock. <laughs> so I was shocked by my own culture. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because when you're surrounded by your own culture, you don't really stop to think about why you do the way you do things or why things are the way they are. You just take it as a given. And Chris has been to a couple other cities. So there's also some, I want to say, like national culture shock going from city to city. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, seeing as how Chris had his surgery last week, I want to start there. So... <laughs> What would you say is like the normal routine, like when you have, I don't want to say like a medical emergency, but like a medical situation? Um, like that needs to be handled right away? Yeah, yeah, like needs to be handled right away. So would you like call an ambulance or would you just like drive yourself to the hospital or would you take like a taxi? Like what would be like the most natural reaction? See, yeah. so luckily for me personally, I've never had something happen to me where it was like, mm. wow, I really need to go to the doctor, but it's not so bad. I need it. I absolutely need an ambulance because I know there are stories of people who, you know, drive themselves to the hospital when they really should be calling an ambulance. Um, but they don't want to, you know, the ambulance bills are so unbelievably expensive. I have yeah, never that... had to, I've never been in that situation. I'll go to the doctor when I'm sick. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you've never been in that situation. I've only been in that situation maybe a couple of times in my life. But most so when I went to Germany and I had had an ambulance called, I was like, "No, don't. I don't want to go with a, I don't want to take an ambulance. I don't want to ride with one. It's like it's so expensive." And they're like, well, no, it's not. Like, it doesn't, it costs, I think, like five bucks to take, uh, to go to the ambulance if you have to. And so when I came back to the US, I was kind of shocked by the fact, like, how expensive it is because I had had, I'd forgotten. Um, so I think in the US, most people have, they're, they're very hesitant to go to the doctor. They're very hesitant to, like, have surgery done. They're very hesitant to uh like ride with the ambulance because of like the costs or would you disagree on that oh absolutely um and a lot of people are like will say like absolutely do not call an ambulance and, and i'll say like part of me was nervous when i had my uh car accident like now when was that probably like uh three years ago at this point and uh, I, I was fine, but, you know, you, you feel, when the airbag goes off, you're always going to feel a little tender. And mm -hmm. uh, hospital staff, or the ambulance people came up to me as like, how are you feeling? Blah, blah, blah. Do you need to go to the hospital? I was like, no, 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 no. And a small part of me was nervous, even just that, like, 
two-minute conversation. <laughs> I was going to get a bill in the mail later. It's it's a real fear here. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think the biggest problem in the U.S. is that it's so fractured, fragmented. So I think it really depends on um, if you're employed, if you're unemployed, and where you live in the U.S. Because this is something that really shocked me when I came back is this whole like in-network care. So if you have like a certain uh, health insurance provider that you're only covered within like a certain area of your state or like a, a certain part of your state. Um, I'm not an expert on like uh, the medical health care system in the U.S., but that's something that always kind of crops up in conversation or um, because of the fact that if you might be covered if you go to one hospital, but if you go to another hospital, you might be covered, but you'll have less coverage. And yep, that's, that's some... how it works here. Yeah, yeah. We, so we have some... two major hospital uh, medical groups in Billings, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm only covered at one of them. Yeah, and that's that. When I was growing up, that was completely normal. Um, that it really depends on like who's your doctor and like what part of association um, do they belong to and this and that. Um, so you always had to kind of plan out your surgeries because if you go to this hospital, it's cheaper um, instead of like going to this hospital. But you know, when I was in Germany, it really didn't matter um, because a hospital is a hospital. So it, whether you went to a hospital in Berlin or if you went to a hospital in um, in Munich, you got the same treatment. So there's no concept here of like in coverage or like in network out out network like a cell phone. <laughs> that's the way the way I thought of it. Um, another thing that still shocks me is how streamlined things are in Europe um, with respect to health insurance. Now I will say this isn't something German specific. Every European country more or less has this. But, like, you have, like, a health insurance card that is uh, valid for all of Europe. And no matter what hospital you go to or no matter what doctor you go to, you'll show them this card and you never see a bill. Like, never. Um, So I never knew what, like, the procedures here costs, basically. Like, what I would have to pay. Whereas in the U.S., what I had to, like... uh, I had some breathing problems, so I, I couldn't really breathe because I, I think my back was really sore. So I took an ambulance. They gave me some medicine. The whole thing lasted uh, like an hour, maybe, and the, my bill was a thousand dollars. And uh, yeah, that still shocks me to this day. Um, so every time I go to the U.S., I always bring like travel insurance with me. <laughs> it's twenty thousand, typically. But I'm always scared that it's never enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So. I mean, honestly, a thousand for that trip, that doesn't sound horrible. I mean, it is horrible, but <laughs> it could be so much worse. Yeah, so, um, but before, like, the episode, Chris and I were talking about, like, how you can save on money if you get, like, uh, depending on where you go to, like, depending on, like, how you pay. Um, and yep. that's just kind of... Yeah, that's just kind of that's just a normal part of life in the U.S. is like uh, making sure you pay your medical bills. You you do have medical bills here in Germany in Europe, of course you do. 
but they're like it's a it's a totally different beast um but it's a lot i feel like a lot of people in the u.s are always like one or two health accidents away from being like in debt um like because you have like medical debt but you don't have that really over here um unless you have like some really specific sickness or like ailment that can't be handled by standard medicine but generally speaking uh that's not a thing here so so that's the first point i wanted to touch on for uh for reverse culture shock i don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add to that before we move on um no not really honestly my my whole experience with it lately through my surgery i mean I, I wouldn't really call it a shock. It was very, it was very efficient. Like once mm. the actual, you know, once you're actually in there, mm. um, and they're setting you up, it's all very efficient, very fast. People coming in and out, doing their thing. I uh, that's true. I will say, like closing point is, I do think you do get some of the best, like healthcare coverage or like the best like healthcare support in the U.S. That's not like. The problem, the problem is is the payment part. <laughs> that that's the issue is like how payments are done, um, who pays, how much you pay, when to pay, the whole care that you get. I think it's you know that's not the issue. Um, but speaking of money, so that's something I wanted, to, I definitely want to talk about is is money. So w- w- Americans are known for like like having to tip i don't know if we like tipping do you like tipping i mean i don't like it i'm always gonna do it uh, i mean I, I pretty much default to 20 percent for for like a sit-down restaurant experience every time mm-hmm. and, and i'm fine with that i mean when you go to a really nice place it adds up but i'm fine with that i will say it is <clears throat> like and for delivery, too, right? Because someone had to physically drive, spend their gas. Like, I get that. Yeah. What's frustrating to me is, like, say I order a pizza or, like, just whatever. I, I, I place a takeout order for food. I drive there myself. I pick it up. I didn't sit down at a table. I didn't take up space. Nobody had to wait on me. Nobody had to drive me my food. And I'm still expected to tip. <laughs> That's frustrating. That, that to me, just blows my mind. Um, so... I go to the U.S. every year, but about twice a year, to like kind of update my information <laughs> to make sure you know that I'm still in touch with everything. And you know the whole tipping culture, I get that. I've always done that. But um, the fact that I went to a Denny's, like on the day before I went back to Germany last year, and I, I went there myself. I didn't sit down. There was no server. None of that. I just ordered my food. It was like thirty bucks, and she like showed me the screen and it's like would you like to tip and my first inclination is for what like they didn't do anything um like they didn't like serve me you know because if you sit down then you're expected to tip but if you pick it up you're not and it's like so i'm tipping them i didn't know what i was tipping them for so so i said zero and i felt really bad (laughs) yep for saying for saying zero, but I was like, well, you didn't do anything. Um, nothing out of the ordinary. Like, you're doing your job. So, uh, 
and the woman just kind of looked at me, the manager, or and I was like, yeah, but sorry, <laughs> sorry for not sorry. I would feel less. I would be more okay with it if more restaurants tipped out the kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, because in that situation, basically, the kitchen did all the work, and then an expo or a server boxed it up. Or no, they didn't box it up. They put what the cooks already put in a box, and they put it in a bag, and they walked it to the front. That's that's all that happened. <clears throat> now it's still the same amount of work for the cooks. It, again, if cooks got tipped out more often, I'd be more okay with it because there is work going in. But mm. but it also <clears throat> excuse me, it is frustrating because when I weren't used to work at a restaurant, one of the if you were a server, you know you get assigned sections but you can also get assigned to to to-go orders. And if you spend your night on to-go orders and people aren't tipping for to-go orders, you're not really making any money that night. I didn't think about that. So I used to work as uh, uh, I didn't work as a server, but I cleaned the table, so I was a busboy. And so I used to get tipped out. Um, Not a lot. And I was a teenager, so it's like, here's 10 bucks or here's 20 bucks for the night, which... You know, when you're like 16, 17, that feels like like a million dollars. But when you start to have to pay bills, $20 really isn't that much money. I don't have a problem with tipping. Like, uh, even when I was, when I spent the majority of my life in the U.S., I didn't have a problem with tipping. But I always had like this feeling like you have to do it. Typically, you tip someone for good service and you feel good about tipping. But for me, I feel it's more about like tipping because you have like a, a like a guilty conscience if you don't do it. That's something that really bothers me is there's no way for me to show my appreciation. So if, if I tip or if I don't tip, um, which I so I do my due diligence. So when I go to the US, I always tip like 20 percent, um, which I guess for some people is still too little. So. 20% used to be, like, the maximum, and now I feel like it's, like, the bare minimum. Um, or what What would you say about that? Yeah, I mean, so those those screens <clears throat> that they flip around these days, like, everywhere, they start at 15%. And that's, like, not for a sit-down experience. That's for, like, a... Like, you know, there are places kind of like Subway you go up and you, like, you order your food as it's being made kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I went to a place like, like that recently. It started at 15% and went up to like 30 And of course, there's a custom tip option. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't hate the idea of tipping for places like that because the person right in front of you is like doing it and they're making exactly what you want. But I don't know. Yeah. I just want to be able to go somewhere and buy something for the price and that be the end of it yeah that's my problem is i'm already paying the person by buying the product so i buy the product the 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 company gets paid the business gets paid and then they pay their employee so i'm already paying the person indirectly and giving a tip is always something extra maybe i had like a super specific i don't know order for whatever reason, or I had a really complicated sandwich that wasn't on the menu, and this person uh, did their best, you know, to fulfill my order, even though it's a special order, 
then I, you know, I would give this person maybe like two or three bucks um, for doing a spectacular job or whatever. That to me is is the purpose behind tipping. Is someone does something out of the ordinary or the service was so good, I feel like they deserve something extra. But that's not how tipping is in the U.S. Tipping in the U.S. is this person is paid so little, if you don't give them money, they can't survive. And my thought is, well, why is that my problem? Um, if the if the business model is such where if I'm not paying their employees, then they don't they can't make a living then their business model is flawed, in my opinion. Now, I will admit, and this is the next topic, uh, more or less, that some people make more money off of that than they would if they were to work minimum wage. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, Servers in the U.S. make a killing. Yeah. So, um, like, people who work at bars, for example, um, they make so much money. If it's a good bar and it's at a good location... They make a lot of money. People who live off tips and don't make a lot of money, those people typically live like out in the middle of nowhere where there aren't like a lot of customers. Um, I guess one or two points, uh, and then we can kind of move on to the next topic, is so I came to Germany the very first time in 2010, and my wife and I, we had ice cream. And it was like... It was really good ice cream, um, like Italian ice cream. And the bill was like 15 bucks, I think. And me being a typical American and this being my first time abroad, I was like, well, you know, you go to a restaurant, you sit down, they serve you. So, of course, you tip. And I was like, well, I'm on vacation, so I'll be generous. And the, the bill came. It was 15 bucks, And my wife, my then-girlfriend, was like, no, like, don't pay. I'll pay because you're, you're my guest. And I was like, no, no, I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay. I have money. And I was going to give them a 100% tip. <laughs> oh, my you know, gosh. I was like, I was going to give them Someone was trying to show off. <laughs> and then, and my, my wife, she saw that, and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm giving a tip. Like, <laughs> Don't give them a tip. They earn enough money, they'll be fine, give them $2, and then we'll go. <laughs> and I felt really bad. I was like, like they need money. Like, those, they don't earn anything. And then I later found out that they earn, like, they earn enough. Like, they earn more than minimum, minimum wage here. So tipping here is really just like something extra. So we get our groceries delivered. And every time we, they, we get them delivered, we give them, like, $3 which is maybe like a 2% tip, which is, by American standards, is like the cheapest tip you can give. <laughs> <laughs> but but by German standards, it's pretty normal. So we typically round up. So if your bill is 45 and you're feeling generous, you might round it up to 50. Um, but you're not going to be like, oh, well, what's 20% of 45? It's just like round it up and then be done with it. Um but yeah, I'm still always shocked about tipping when I go to the U.S. Every time I go back, it's always something different, and I always have to get accustomed to it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but a, a topic that kind of ties in with that is casinos. So that was your suggestion, because um, you've experienced some kind of culture shock with casinos. Yeah, so some reverse culture shock. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things, like, when you live someplace where gambling and casinos are legal... They're everywhere, and, you know, I I grew up here, so it's normal to me. And then you spend some time traveling, and you don't even notice it. 
until you think back. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, like every fourth or fifth building isn't a casino. You don't think about it at the time, and then you come back, and you're like, wow, sure is a lot of casinos in Billings. <laughs> it's almost like they're really profitable to just sell, uh, to just sell, you know, booze and, you know, have a bunch of, like, 97%, uh, you know, player edge games, so it's, <laughs> it's... Yeah, it also definitely affects uh, the things there is to do in Billings, because if you were, like, uh, wanting to open up a business, Mm -hmm. you could take a risk on something, or you could open a casino that will almost definitely pay you. So is that your plan? No. (laughs) I don't think I have the starting capital. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what the starting capital would be for a casino, though. Well, assuming you're going to get a liquor license, that'll cost at least like a million. Really? Liquor licenses are not cheap. Depends where you are, but in like an actual city, they are not cheap. I I guess I got to have a side question like for you. So, cuz we so we refer to it as a liquor license, which basically means that you're allowed to uh like sell alcohol at like a, a location like at a bar or a restaurant. Yeah. Would you say that liquor is synonymous with alcohol in this context no so liquor is specifically like spirits you can get a beer and wine license for significantly cheaper uh so okay so because i always assumed that a liquor license was for everything so beer wine you can if you have a liquor license you can do everything but you can uh you can just get a uh a beer and wine like it's a it's a step up is uh but is there a specific reason why they split it? Uh I don't know the exact reasoning. I mean, you could make a lot more money selling liquor. Mm. And it's I guess you could argue there's more dangers and liabilities associated with it. Oh. And uh what's well, also this kind of off topic, but we have a lot of breweries and distilleries here. Laws for them are very interesting. They um if you distill your own stuff or you brew your own stuff, you can basically sell it without a license, but you're not, the purpose is more of like a tasting, not getting drunk. So it's like, oh, you can only serve three drinks a day and you can only be open these days and the, these mm. very weird hours, like 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's very weird. Uh, but anyway, that's my little tangent. <laughs> so isn't that moonshine? No. But moonshine is illegal, isn't it? Uh, I've bought moonshine before. You can get it legally. Oh, okay. It, it it came from an illegal tradition, but I mean, you can you can make it legally. Okay, I didn't know that. So, I don't really have experience with casinos. Um, I think Chris is more or less the expert on that now. <laughs> yeah. Having been in Vegas multiple times. Uh, they We do have casinos here. Uh, but I don't think we have that kind of like gambling culture that you would in the U.S. So I can't really comment on casinos all that much. I would say casinos are a fixed part of American culture. <clears throat> if you watch like American movies or like American like cartoons, you'll often see the stereotype of Indians, so Native Americans. Um, I guess that's the pol- politically correct term. 
Native Americans owning casinos on their land. So it it is absolutely a thing. It's uh I'm trying to think I should know more about this considering how close uh we are to a local reservation and I'm pretty sure there is a casino there, but honestly I I am not very knowledgeable in the subject. Hmm. Yeah, so is it's very complicated, but historically speaking, Indians or Native Americans were moved off of their native lands and then they were moved into reservations, so Indian reservations as we call them. And basically they have more or less their own government, so they can make their own laws, they have their own police force, they have their own school system, and because they can pretty much do whatever they want on their on their land, they often build casinos <laughs> um, as a way to generate revenue. Oh yeah, and it's um, and I think a lot of that was negotiated. You know, when I mean I say negotiated, but there there wasn't a lot of uh, <laughs> very one sided. Yeah, not a lot of good faith dealing. But I I believe a part of like when all this was being decided. Um, gaming rights was something most tribes kept, um, mm. which was smart. I mean, it's worked out great for a lot of them. Yeah, it definitely has. We can maybe one day go into Native American history. That's very complicated. Yeah. Um, Mo- Montana's the only state that requires it be taught. Really? Yep. Uh, we Nobody so we else have... has to learn about it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So we did have Native American history in history class, but I would think it was very superficial. Um, like, you know, where they, what they're called, where they're from, what happened, like, but nothing, like, really in-depth. Um, but that's something we can touch on in a future episode. So another point that I think Chris and I both have... Um, which is taxes, so included in prices. So when we were talking before, uh, I'll let you explain, but go on. <laughs> yeah, so this is just a regular culture shock to me, for me. <laughs> so uh, for the most part, Montana is one of the few places in the country that does not have a sales tax um, applied to things. So, you know... I grew up here. I'm used to that. As far as I'm concerned, that's the norm. And then I remember I went to Boston when I was like 10 or 11 um, on a family trip. And I was at the gift shop of a museum. And I was, you know, you travel as a kid, you have like a small amount of cash for you to, you know, get people gifts and things like that. And I was trying to like budget out what I could get. And I finally worked it out like, okay, I can get these things and I can barely afford it. And I remember getting to the counter and the lady, you know, she rings up a price that's just a few bucks over. And I'm like, I was so confused. She's like, yeah, there's the sales tax. I'm like, why isn't it on the price? So you just have to know and do math. And it still upsets me how that works. That was a culture shock for me, too, because... I wasn't aware that there were states in the U.S. where you didn't have a sales tax. 
because for me it was just a given. So for those who don't know, when you buy something in the U.S., it doesn't really matter what it is. Well, there might be some exceptions, but for the sake of clarity, if you buy something at a store, you have to pay taxes. Some countries refer to this as a VAT tax, so a value-added tax. So if you buy something for a dollar, then you might have to pay like five cents or ten cents or whatever. So technically speaking, um, a Dollar Tree or Dollar General, um, it's not actually a dollar store. <laughs> Because you always pay more. Um, but that was just, you know, for me it was normal growing up. So if I went to Walmart, I would buy something and people were always like, yeah, you should probably add like 7 or 10% to the price. So if they were selling something for a dollar, then just add like 7 cents to that. And that'll probably be the tax added. And usually it works, so like 7 to 10%. Um... And when I came to Germany and I bought something, I, I, just as you did. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get this, this, and this, and this. <clears throat> and this will come out to like 10 euros. And I'm sure, okay, like maybe like 10, 15%. So I might need like 12 euros or whatever. And I get to the register and she's like, no, so that'll be 10 euros. <laughs> exactly. And that was really confusing because it's already included in the prices. So we pay sales tax um, here in Germany when you buy something, but it's in the price. And we set, there are different categories, the highest being 19%. <laughs> so we have 19% sales tax. I think it's the third highest in Europe. I think Finland might be higher. Um, someone fact check that. That's crazy, <laughs> but, though. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's 19%. Um, if you buy food, I think it's 7%. In anything ed educational should be, I think it might be 10%. Don't anyone quote me on that. Um, but generally speaking, um, most things are taxed at a 90% rate here. And uh, that kills me. But because of the pandemic, um, the government suspended that for like a while. And then they <laughs> reintroduced it. <laughs> uh so now when I go back to the U.S., I always have to remember, okay, they're going to charge you sales tax. Um, don't forget that when you buy something <laughs> so that you have enough money. <laughs> but uh, so I guess one last thing I'd like to touch on, unless you have something to add to the taxes. Um, No, not really. Okay, so... We're coming to a close here. So one thing I'd like to touch on is, uh, like, food. Uh, like, there are so many different things I could talk about related to food. But the biggest would be, well, the biggest is are the portion sizes. <laughs> is they're so huge in the U.S., and I still can't get over it. <laughs> um, everything here in Europe is, is just a lot smaller uh really uh, cars uh streets houses uh food and this concept of having like these uh i don't know like these huge orders like these huge portion sizes they don't exist um i don't know if you've if have you experienced anything like that like within the u.s like uh like a discrepancy in portion sizes 
Well, I mean, there is... There's definitely some dishes out there that are intentionally massive. Like, um... Like, if you get, like, a tomahawk steak, or... Mm-hmm. There's a couple steak dishes you can get, which... You know, realistically, several people could eat, but... Might be, like, a split-for-two kind of date thing, or, like, a... You're paying $150 for this insane steak, so you're just gonna, you know, gorge yourself as a treat kind of thing. You know, like, spreads for, like, barbecue and stuff like that can be absolutely insane. Mm. But, I, I mean, it's all I've ever known, so there's nothing that really jumps out <laughs> to me It's like, crazy. So, so would you consider the portion, like, it, it's really hard if you've never experienced anything different, but would you consider like American portion sizes to be big or is it just like something you're used to? You don't really think about well, it. Well, I mean, yeah, it's definitely big. I mean, like, isn't it like over half the country's overweight now? Something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> so it's like, clearly there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. My wife is every time we go to the U S it's like, it's just so much food. <laughs> and the first time she came, it's like, it is not like, it's not that much food. And then, you know, you get, like, ten pancakes or whatever for, like, five bucks. And it's like, yeah, it's it's a lot of food. <laughs> um, and the portion sizes have definitely been getting bigger. The one thing that still always shocks me when I come back to the U.S., but I always kind of abuse, um, is the concept of free refills. So if you order coffee, if you order soda, if you order, like, a large popcorn, um, that you get, like, free refills whereas here you don't so when i first came here and i ordered soda i was like oh great soda and i ordered a soda and then i ordered another one another one another one another one and i had ordered i think like within an hour like eight sodas and then i got the bill and it was like 17 dollars <laughs> <laughs> and i was like wait they don't we don't have free refills and she's like what's that i was like well you know you order it and then that you get it for free <laughs> And she's like, no, I've never heard of that. It's because they give it directly from the bottle. So they give you a bottle. So they open a bottle for you, pour it into a cup, and give you the cup. So that's why there are no free refills. Um, unless, like, I think, like, maybe if you go to McDonald's. But generally speaking, you pay for everything you buy here. So um, that I learned my lesson very quickly. <laughs> so my wife's philosophy is to buy two. So buy one to drink while you're waiting and then buy another while you're eating. And that's, it saves you a lot of money because, uh, one glass is, uh, like $4, $3. And it's not a huge glass. Like by American standards, you would, it might be a medium. They, you might consider it a medium. And for them, that's like a big glass. Oh, you know what? Something I actually do have to say that I didn't notice. And I've just okay. kind of long accepted uh it hasn't happened everywhere but drink portion sizes have gone up like i remember i have seen in my lifetime some places go from you know small medium large and a small being like a you know a pretty short and skinny cup mm -hmm. and a medium being like a tall and skinny cup and then you get you know same size fatter and fatter for large and extra large i have seen people use the old mediums as smalls not everywhere is doing it yeah. and then the medium is like the old large 
And, and honestly, it's... It works fine for... Like, I don't get not doing free refills because the price of, like... Of, like, the syrup to make soda is so cheap. Like, it's... It's, it's like, nothing. And, that, and that's why they're free in the U.S. is that you don't actually get... They don't give you, like, soda straight from a bottle. They give you, like, a like a carbonated water syrup mix, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's why yeah. McDonald's can do soda for a dollar, even if they're they're probably not making a killing on it, but they're probably doing okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not the best, but that's all subjective, whether or not you like it. Um, I try to avoid soda. But one last point I wanted to touch on is how often like my friends and family eat out when I'm in the US and for American standards it's actually not that much it's not like they eat out like 10 times a day but for a lot of people in the US I feel it's just I guess you include it in the groceries I don't know how you would put it in your budget but it, you know it's part of your food budget just eating out going to Starbucks Jack in the Box Burger King whatever but here it's so expensive to eat out. Um, I'll never forget when I went to McDonald's with my wife. And I bought, like, the same meal I would buy in the U.S., which would probably be, like, under $10, was almost, like, 20-something here. And I was like, my God, that's so much money. And so now every time I go to the U.S., I'm always shocked by how cheap it is comparatively. I don't. I, it's probably gotten more expensive in the u.s over time because of inflation and whatnot but comparatively speaking compared to the to to europe it's a lot cheaper and which is why every time i'm there people are like hey let's go out to eat let's go to this fast food restaurant (laughs) (laughs) and i always gain weight (laughs) when i go to the u.s well you're on vacation you're supposed to yeah that's true but because food is so cheap in the u.s whether or not food is good that's a different story but it's at the very least it's cheap so and uh yeah so those are some of the the points i don't want to say that shocked me the most but some of the things that really come to mind if i had to list everything that shocks me when i come back to the u.s i think we'd be here for a couple days (laughs) so uh We'll definitely re- revisit this topic sometime in the future. Uh, oh, as yeah, always, thank- yeah. As always, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for the suggestion. If anyone else has any suggestions, feel free to write us. Feel free to comment on the poll. The poll will always be in the description of the podcast. Um, if you want to send a voice message uh, via email so that we can include it in the podcast, feel free to do so. Yeah, that's all I have to add uh, on the topic. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close for the day? I think we're good for this one. All right. All right, so thanks so much for listening, and take care, and see you in the next one. All right, bye. (laughs) Bye. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little. We always welcome feedback, comments, and constructive criticism. If you'd like to provide us with any, please reach out to us at our Discord or email address, both of which will be listed in in the description. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.